Welcome back to the Ken Marigo Podcast. I'm here again with Mr. Hal Werner. Hal, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Great, great. Well, we were talking earlier about Twitter and how you mentioned to me that you don't need links for all of your tweets and that you're sort of gaining steam with your with your Twitter followers and responding to people and you're having some good results and you're kind of telling me some of the, the tricks that you had up your sleeve. <laughs> and one of the things I thought was kind of funny was that um, you mentioned something or something that seemed to me like it was sort of like a shock tweet, almost like a shock jock, mm-hmm. where you said something controversial and people responded to you and right. you didn't include any links and... Yeah, yeah. Well, that came about sort of um, by discovery through accident. When I first started on Twitter, I was treating it very much like a sort of a news thing and I would always make sure to include a link to add veracity to what I was saying and I would always try to be very impartial and not put judgments on it because I thought that's, you know, what people wanted to see. And I had very low engagement and I thought, you know, hey, maybe Twitter's not this, this amazing thing. But every once in a while, I would stumble across something that was so obviously ridiculous or aggravating that I would just put my own opinion out there about it and not necessarily link it. And that's when I discovered that, <coughs> excuse me, when I discovered that those did a lot better. I would get a lot more engagement with those, a lot more retweets, a lot more people responding to me. And so I thought, well, maybe I can try this a little more. And so over time, um, you know, I, I sort of learned that some of my best performing stuff was where I was really, first of all, not using links because let's face it, when you're looking at Twitter, you're scanning through a feed. You're just looking and looking and looking and looking and going and going. And unless something really catches your eye, you don't want to click through. And even if you do click through, it might take forever to load. So you end up going back. But it's really easy for people to engage with tweets that are simple statements. And so I think that's part of it. And I think the other part of it is, if you have something that is really incredible, that's really annoying to you, or something that's just so obviously being done in a poor way, um, there's probably other people that think the same thing as you. Mm And, um, you know, like you, like to have their opinions validated. Right. And I think a lot of that, too, is sort of the typical things that you think about, right? Politics. Yeah. Say something about politics, religion, and sort of the typical trigger trigger points, right? Right. I mean, those particular ones I personally try to stay away from because um, a great deal of my, my Twitter presence is more based on professional things. But even a lot of those items people can relate to. You know, for example, you're trying to go and... Um, you know, view a site or get, you know, download something or whatever. And the site says, oh, guess what? You need to sign up before you can access that. Give us your name, your email address, your Twitter handle, your Facebook login, so we can access all of your information and put us on giant marketing lists that will follow you forever. Well, unfortunately for those people, a lot of that stuff they ask for is not worth giving up all that information. Mm -hmm. And so at one time I said something to the effect of, if one more company asks me for my email address in order to see some inane little thing, I'm going to report them to the Better Business Bureau. <laughs> and that's not a valid Better Business Bureau complaint. And in truth, I'm not actually going to do it. But what was true was the sentiment that right. people in general are sick to death of every single site and thing you go to demanding your personal information to access anything of any kind. Mm-hmm. And a few businesses have gotten savvy to that. but 
that kind of tweet is something that got a lot of responses because it really hit something that other people can relate to. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of sites do image galleries for various reasons. Some of them are lists. Some of them just have multiple pictures that you might want to check out. And I remember going to um, a, an image gallery on an article that I was reading on a news site once. And it said, click here to open the gallery. So mm -hmm. I thought, all right, awesome. I'm going to check right. out some pictures of this new building that looks really interesting. Yeah. So I clicked on the gallery and opened it up. And I saw the first picture nice and big. Excellent. Then I clicked right. through to the next picture. All right, that's cool. It's another view. And then I clicked next and nothing happened. And I tried to find other places to click next, and I clicked on the image, I tried to click the, you know, the arrow and all that, and I realized the arrow was grayed out. And then I looked down at the bottom and I saw two of two images. And I thought that was ridiculous. Like, you're gonna put two images in a gallery? Why the hell would you do that? All right. And so um, I got onto Twitter and I said, two images is not a gallery, it's a usability fail. All right. And that got a lot of attention, it got a lot of traction, because right. I think people are gonna agree, Two images are something you can just put in a post. If you got 20 images, sure, make it a gallery. Right. You don't need to keep scrolling through right. that. Um, it's just an outright lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, imagine if you went to an art gallery and there were two pieces of art. Right. That's not a gallery. That's not a gallery. <laughs> <laughs> and so, the, you know, that's one of the subjects that I that I tweet about, that kind of tweets on a, on a more frequent basis now, because it's something a lot of people can relate to. Not only people in usability-oriented professions and designers that have interactions with it, but just everyday people. Because when you have something that doesn't work in a good way, you know, it's usually something that a lot of people interact with on a daily mm -hmm. basis. Whether it's um, signing up for a new service online, they go, yeah. oh, we have a, a couple of quick questions that should take you two minutes. Yeah. 30 minutes later, you're halfway through the survey. Right, you know, <laughs> and they don't, they don't give you any guidance like step one of five. Right, there's, like there's no progress bar right. and, and that kind of stuff. And so, um, yeah, a lot of people can relate to that, even if they're not directly um, in the field. And then I think it's just uh, there are so many places that could use help on being more usable and more consumer friendly. Mm -hmm. So you found that UX was a topic that people were passionate about. Yeah, definitely. And just an outright wrong <laughs> that many in the Twitter community felt. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's some of the examples are so obvious that it almost, you wonder how they actually came to be. You know, I went to, um, to a support page on a website once, mm -hmm. which was extremely hard to find in the first place. Right. And, um, you know, it said, the, the page said, report an issue. That was the mm -hmm. title of the page, was report an issue. Mm -hmm. So I scrolled down past the title so I could report my issue, and there was no form to report my issue. There was no phone number to call. There was no email address to, um, to email anybody about my issue. There was literally not a single way I could report my issue. All, right. All it said was, if you're having an issue, go to this other page that doesn't work. And that's probably the single most useless page, I've, page that I've seen on just mm -hmm. about any website. Right. It completely fails to perform the function as advertised. Yeah. And I can't think of a bigger fail than that hardly. So I think that might be, that might be a tip then, is just to kind of spot outright lies and wrongs <laughs> and yeah. do it in a creative way. Because Hal, you're a copywriter, so yes. like when you do a tweet, it's, it's crafted with love. Yes. It's got some flavor. <laughs> it does. It's not just a boring, tweet hey there's something wrong here no you, know, you you 
you put on the pepper. Yes, I let them know it. I put a little spice on it. So I think if you're crafty with your words on Twitter within those 140 characters, <laughs> yeah, right. I think you might be able to get a response. Well, anyway, good good companies would respond to you, I think, and then people right. who are probably active in Twitter and and are savvy with Twitter would get back to you. Yeah, and that's that's part of the beauty of it. You know, it's not just necessarily me venting. It may have started that way for certain things, but there's many things that can happen with it. Right. You know, one thing that if the company is actually paying attention, because I tend to try to tag them if I can find their Twitter handle, because mm -hmm. I don't want it to just be a problem. I want it to be fixed. I'm not just, right. you know, complaining to complain. It's right. something that I want someone to handle. Right. And so, uh, like you said, a savvy, a savvy company will take a look at that once they find out it's an issue and either right. fix it or get back to me and ask me more about the problem. Yeah. And um, so I think that's a fine line between, you know, spotting an outright wrong and complaining. Because there's a <laughs> lot of people on Twitter that complain. Oh, yeah. And I know I had a coworker one time, he complained about, um, what was it, Chipotle. Like his lunch like kind of fell through the bag. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he sort of complained about it on Twitter and then the Chipotle people got back to him and said yeah. like, hey, look, you know, if you have a, a problem, please, you know, go back to the store and, you know, go to them and have them fix it. You know, yeah. don't make a big stink on Twitter. And I think <laughs> a lot of people are quick to jump the gun and just complain on Twitter without actually going through a normal process of like, hey, something's wrong. Let me just talk to the manager real quick. Right. And instead of, you know, creating this whole social media war, <laughs> you know, over, over little things. And I think a lot of people, too, are tired of hearing these little complaints on Twitter Mm -hmm. uh, about you know nonsense, right. but I think with an outright lie like this, two images in a gallery don't make a gallery thing. <laughs> right, uh, is is right. So mm -hmm. I think there's certain things that that can kind of kind of spark uh, a healthy discussion. Yeah, on Twitter, and that's the thing. You know, I, I try not to just pick out little random things because I know everybody has bad days, and if it's something like a restaurant where they can fix it before I leave, then mm -hmm. yes, please fix it. You know, it's not until they either refuse to fix it or they become asshats mm -hmm. about the whole business right. that I would that I would complain about something like that. What I'm more likely to complain about is stuff that seems like it should have been addressed from the get go or a long time ago, like this report an issue page. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not about oh somebody mismade the burrito today. That's about we built a site and we created a page that sets an expectation and completely failed to meet the expectation. Right. The page had one purpose, yep. and it did not complete that one very simple purpose. Right. And so I think, you know, I think that's a better, a better measure of it. It's certainly not about being an internet troll, because we have right. plenty of those and we don't need any more. Exactly, we don't need any more of those. You know, so definitely being constructive and understanding that from time to time, things go down. But like you said, um, definitely having a creative flair to it is gonna be a lot more helpful. I didn't say, I noticed this page had an error right. and should probably be reported to the proper right. authorities. <laughs> yep. And then, you know, you say something with a little flavor and then also too, like a lot of these people are looking at, at cloud scores and stuff. I know how you're like a cloud score God and you are, you are up there. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say I'm a you're cloud on Mount score Olympus. God, you're on Mount Olympus <laughs> in the, in the, in the cloud universe. It's healthy. It's healthy. So, and a lot of these social media power tools include the the cloud score measurement. Mm -hmm. So when these people respond, they're like, "Hey, look, well, cloud has Hal has a cloud score of ten million. Yeah, we should get back to this guy because <laughs> when he makes a stink, the the earth shakes." Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's true, um, and there are all kinds of plugins and many programs and apps that can tie cloud scores and other measurements like that. Mm -hmm 
onto your profile in different places so people can have a better idea of how important you are online. Right. And so, you know, if you do these things to, to get some more of those interactions, then those scores are most likely going to go up and in most cases and you're gonna you're gonna hold more weight and it's sort of a self-perpetuating cycle so you know you do these things to to get more engagement the engagement raises your score and by raising your score you can even raise your engagement more right so it snowballs up right right well this has been great Hal thanks for thanks for sharing your tips here how can people reach you well I'm on Twitter naturally mm-hmm. at Hal Warner um, that's H-A-L-W-E-R-N-E-R and they can also find me online at halwarner.com. Great, great. And also have uh, links to Hal's uh, blog and Twitter on the, uh, on the blog post. Just go to kenmariko.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>